Welcome to the Beautiful Step Podcast, where we run, stomp, tiptoe, and tango into the confusing, but beautiful world of togetherness. We are your hosts, Chris and Charity. Now, let's go make our together even Even better. I know. Nice shirt. It is a nice shirt. I like it. You got it for me. It's got that cool polyester color. Yeah, it's vintage mm-hmm. again yet mm-hmm. so we were talking Wait, well our what? beautiful grandbaby daughter Aww. granddaughter is doing cheerleading she's eight and so she got invited to this travel team she has a high pony oh yes the emery. high tight pony is so cute emery is so adorable she's awesome here's what she's, struck me about her can i just say okay yes. uh, enough all right okay. about how because we could go on for a month she's, so she's absolutely precious but we got I, I got talking about it today i'm like okay so you have to understand her parents Jesse, man's man, you know, we're drinking beer. We're working on Chevys, you know, Crystal. I love to golf with Crystal. Let's go snowboarding with Crystal. Let's play some music. The last thing that Crystal, I think the last thing that Crystal is really super sort of worried about is like girly things. I mean, she's absolutely a woman. She's absolutely feminine, all of that, but she's not necessarily like. She's always been a tomboy. Like she's, yeah, she's not she going to go really out and buy a, a ball gown and be like, oh my God, this is the best thing I can't Yeah, wait. yeah. I'm, she's I'm, not wearing I'm just looking high. for a place to wear this. She's not wearing the high pony. Right. And, and so what's so interesting, it's so crazy, is Emery is the girliest oh, of girls. Couldn't be more girly. I want to be a cheerleader for the rest of my she life. She wanted fake nails at age four. like Absolutely. Presh, presh. Yeah. <laughs> She is I so girly. Love her. So she couldn't be farther from that of her mom right. or her dad. Like neither of them care about that stuff. And there's no way you can change that about her. No. Born that way. She is like from birth girly. Mm-hmm. And you can tell she's going to be a girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which will be an interesting thing. A princess. We'll a be diva. taking her shopping for prom dresses, probably. It's my dream. Because you love that stuff. Oh, I love Like, it. our daughter, you know. Like, our daughter. I'm like, <laughs> please let me take you out to do, you know, these kinds of things. And she just, you know, she would definitely be much more apt to go to an art show, thrift shop, handmade, something like this. Than Nordstrom. Yeah, than Nordstrom's. Like, yeah. you know, girly diva girly. I remember you trying to take her through Nordstrom as a girl and, like, please anything out of this free people section like oh what about this dress and she was just not having any of it not into it so frustrating <laughs> i was like i'll we can go for ice cream after we'll do anything you want i want to reward you just for buying something from nordstrom it was like no nope rather have a handmade knit thing or yeah. something or you know like okay okay not well i guess you're i mean she was way cooler than me right oh, like well, that's just so cool she might have got that for me yeah. but i think the the funny thing is is what you're saying about emory is like your kids sometimes you know you look at all your kids and you're like how did they each of them have elements of you where you're like okay i get understand that they get that from me and then there's elements where you're like i don't know where they got that from. age old thing there's nature and there's nurture totally there's stuff that you can't change about your kid yeah and then there's stuff that you have imparted to them totally i call it marking <laughs> you you leave marks on your kid you do but so there's th- dna marks and then there's like just nurture marks totally good ones and bad ones yeah nurture marks that's good like, so have you ever heard of this technology called okay so, okay wait crisper good doctor episode yeah 13 yes, where yes, a it guy was on good doctor it was on good doctor and he was messing with his genome sure right so we had to study it in school kind of the ethics of it and basically you know how your dna has like that strand it's like a chain a long chain that it makes up and all the components of it are making up who you are 
Yeah. Isn't it the DNA spiral or something? Yeah. Like, it's yeah, like, got it. we all you know, know your the ladder. eyes, the yeah. ladder, yeah. your eye color, your, yeah. but also like the diseases you might have or all these kind of it's things. It's your genome. Well, CRISPR technology goes in and it says, okay, here's the part of Chris's DNA that has a propensity for cancer. And so we're going to actually remove that DNA and we're going to put in a substitute thing in wow. there that replicates itself. And so to get rid of that predisposition for cancer, they also can do it for like, you know, major diseases that are like inherited that don't come on with other things. So this technology is really cool because it can cure things. I mean, even in yeah, utero, yeah, 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 yeah. But you're but but good doctor, the guy died. Or no, the he <laughs> he was eternally sick. Yeah. So it's not good because well, okay. I already know I saw the show. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. You don't okay. mess with your genome. Well. Some people would argue with you. Some people would say that it's going to save a lot of lives. But then there's lots of ethical questions behind it. But we're not going to get into that. The whole point is like you have marks and things that you've imprinted on your kids, like you're saying in DNA. I DNA passed down this. I'm going to apologize publicly because every time I see it or every time I saw a zit, because they've kind of gone past that stage mm-hmm. growing up. I just started apologizing. Oh, on your kids. Is it on your kids? I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. If I saw a zit on one of my children. Mm-hmm. I I just basically got on my knees in tears and was like, that's my genome. That's my genome coming across. <laughs> I'm so, so sorry. Because you have had this China doll porcelain, little peach fuzz cheeks, perfect complexion your whole life. And I walk in just golem like pizza oh, all over my back, like pock marks full-on disgusting like it was like don't look at me you know oh, what i mean like stop it was bad okay? yeah you struggled with that it was really bad and when i started seeing this on my children i was like all i could do is apologize <laughs> it was i just feel so bad i'm like no so i can i do another public announcement oh, okay. just quickly uh-huh. if your kids have really actually severe acne accutane accutane all the way accutane super dangerous high powered drug that if you don't care about (laughs) you don't care about the poisonous side effects it'll make you crystal clear baby (laughs) i got on it and it changed everything it changed all of it was awesome our kids took it it was amazing that was probably bad advice because it's 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 danger it's kind of dangerous you have to have blood draws and yeah but hey it worked it worked sorry go so you have this thing that you inherited and like you're saying like you apologize for the stuff we passed on yeah. i was thinking about and there's you know all sorts of physical traits that i passed on that i'm like oh so sorry about that but the yeah like big boobs you saw me look at your boobs just then. i yeah <laughs> our daughter doesn't have big boobs i was wondering if she you inherited were, your side my sister's boobs yeah you're right yeah, my mom like your mom's my, boobs yeah okay no, yeah so no that boobs. would be weird. no boobs yeah. on your side big boobs on my side and you all have giant boobies on on my dad's side yeah yeah did you so, kind of want your daughter to have big no boobs? they're were you so glad they're a curse from the pit of hell. They are? Mm-hmm. They, yeah, because they're just... Can but, we talk, do you want to talk about boobs for a little while? No. I think... <laughs> I can't imagine having boobs. That'd be so... Fun? <laughs> fun for you? Well, they're not that fun. Well, you always say you would be like, what are you doing with your testicles? Because that is so crazy to me that you would have that thing in between your legs all the time and i'm like same thing with boobs same exact thing with boobs guys don't get it okay yeah well okay so anyway they inherit your stuff (laughs) your your physical you know things your mannerisms they inherit this you have these imprints but then there's also these psychological imprints we give our kids and that's what kind of studying that CRISPR technology made me think about like all the ways like i wish i could go back and like go oh 
I imprinted this to you. I wonder if this technology could come and remove that piece of oh, bad, so bad counsel I gave you or just, <laughs> you know, Sleep like counsel? the bad, the bad momming of what I did there. Could we remove that and replace it with that something? That horrible advice, like crisper them up in a, in a, totally. Yes, could no. I, could I take yeah. off those imprints and mark them up a different way? Let's, yeah, we need some crisper out here. Yeah. It, but oh. the funny thing is, is when you're first raising your kids, right, you think you know what you're doing. Oh. Well, you you have that panic. I don't know what I'm doing. But then as you're raising your kids, you always think you know what you're doing. And it's like, you never know. And you're making it up. And then they get older. And then you're like, oh, I really didn't know. And you're having to apologize for stuff. Okay, give me an example. Go. So I was thinking about like the way we look at food, the way I've looked at food my whole life. What That was imprinted on me. It's a popular topic. A lot of people talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was imprinted on me that like food was this thing that you used. It was the end all be all. It regulated emotions. Like if you're celebrating, you're using food. If you're mourning, you're so using So something food. good happens, let's eat. Something bad happens, let's eat. Yeah. You're worried, let's eat. Right. You're Yeah. You're bored, we should eat. Like, right. It's just eat. Eat, 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 eat. And we weren't really educated about food. So it was like, we didn't know about the nutritional value so much about food. It was like, well, we knew to eat veggies and things like that. But honestly, we didn't really know a lot. So we were just eating what we thought. And so it was, the concentration was about the about food and not necessarily about nutrition. Right. Food was kind of the end. So you're deal. saying, did you end up, this is a bad thing that you crispered your kids into? Well, no, I think there are some really positive things. We, I always cooked for our kids. Like we ate dinner together, which I oh. still think is a fantastic tradition i'm not moralizing and saying like it's the right no 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 no, no. everyone's going to tell you whether it's social psychological emotional religious all of it are going to they're going to tell you eat with somebody because it's a huge vulnerable connective moment in people's lives super intimate yes so yes eat together that is good breaking bread breaking bread not breaking bed Earlier, I said breaking bed. Breaking like, bed. I don't think you should promote breaking bed. I think everyone. you should promote breaking bed because breaking bed while breaking bread can get crazy at lunchtime. Oh my you know God. what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. So with your family, like the whole concept of eating together, being together, having that set, set aside time just to, to be together, yeah. I think is valuable. Yes. So I learned that that was part of what those are good to me. That was the, that's really the good, good CRISPR. And and it was also used as an attraction tool. Like food was always in my home so that kids came over. So it had lots of great sides to it. The shadow side, of course, to every great gift is that there's a shadow side. And so the shadow side to me is like I always associated food with that's the way that's what you use to celebrate. That's what you use to mourn. Right. That's what you use to console yourself. That's, that's what you what use to you get use. what you want out of your kids, too. Yeah. You bribe them with ice cream. Absolutely. Or something else. That has a bad side because it's like really should food be that much well it goes into this whole thing of like and i think this is a discovery that psychologists and you know who whatever food ologists are i don't know what they're called but they're nutritionists okay dietitians man go ahead girl Ah. must have a phd (laughs) okay but they're saying the moralization of food is kind of where you go wrong yes i was good today I was bad today. And right. you start to do that whole thing in your, that's like, wait, time out. Right. It's not a moral thing. Right. Well, it's it can health. be, it can be for people. They, well, they you, will do that. Yeah. It, for people that, you know, that they're doing that. And, you know, one of the seven deadly sins is gluttony. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, but that has way more to do with like desire and giving into it and all yeah. that stuff than it does with 
the food itself. Yeah. But so when we raise the kids, it's like I thought the way that I was feeding them and everything was good and healthy. And what most importantly, I thought it was right. I thought the way I did things was right. Right. And the other thing is, is, you know, I, I want to bring this in is we were cool parents. Because you could, you have Lucky Charms at our house. You could have Frosted Flakes at our house. You could have so even all the, the fact that you the even the fact that you called it cool connotates the fact that somebody who doesn't let their kids do that was the uncool parent. Oh yeah. If you could only eat shredded wheat at their house, uncool. So lame. Well, okay. What kind of asshole parent? No. Oh, see, this not is exactly what I'm talking about. McDonald's once. Do in a not while. listen to him. That's not true. So and have is, ice cream and like. Yeah. Stop. This is the kind of sweet judgment. tarts. I introduce my kids to nerds. And okay. Sweet yeah. Okay. And the people that have healthy children who really focused on nutrition probably are looking at you and hearing things like that and being like, "You're killing your." They're kids. judging me. They're killing. Don't judge me. You were just judging. I'm them. living my truth. I know. Isn't that so sad? I'm judging them totally. totally. I was like, "You're an asshole." Like, They're probably like, "Well, you're gonna kill you're, someone." You're killing your kids. I, I mean, so I think both sides. You know, I had friends who were really healthy and health conscious, and then there was me and I. I, I judge, they judge. Like, even if you don't really consider it judging, there's this thing going on. There's this moralization of everything and we're all learning. But we're what I was getting at is that we're passing that along to our kids. Right. This thought on. Okay, wait, bottom line, junk food, good or bad? Well, what? Come on, let's go. You want to, like, I want you, I want you, I'm going to confront you right now. When it comes to, as a, because you have grandbabies and you have grandbabies that are coming. Uh, uh, yeah, point. yeah. Junk food, good or bad, go. Well, you know that I give them junk food if they want candy oh, and stuff. I am the grandma that buys that stuff. Bad person. <laughs> There's people listening to this podcast that just shut us off. I know. And if for them, they probably shouldn't do that. And probably there's things I really need to rein in about what I'm giving my grandbabies. Honestly. Yeah, I know. Because they're going to get like... Diabetes gonna, at age four or something. So no. sad. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You're right. Coming up, there's things that you mark your kids with. And I, here's, the, here's, the, here's one of the popular pieces of popular vernacular. Live your truth. Right. So there's this idea that because you were raised a certain way to, you know, have food go this way for you and you use it for this, right? That's sort of your truth. That's true to you. Sure. And you can't really help but not live that truth. And so there's this also, it's like live your truth until you're educated <laughs> or live your truth until you realize, oh, that's a lie or right. like live your truth until you go. I don't know if that truth is actually getting me anywhere. Yes. And I would look at it like I, I totally hear you. And I would say like, it's kind of like print. I view them like principles. Like, well, I had all these yeah. principles and now I'm like, wait, is that principle? Should that be a principle in my life going forward? And then should. Right. One of principles? my biggest revelations was if you want to change your position, whether, whether it's, you know, on food or whatever, or, you know, in, in, in whatever it is, professional, whatever. If you want to change your position, you have to change your principles. Yes. Because the principles you're living by right now are keeping you in that position. Yes. They're not going to get you to where you need to go. Now. Right. So you have to change your principles. You have right. to change your truths sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. And you do that as you get more educated and like now, well, we, we ate the way that we knew how to eat because we didn't know actually what good nutrition was. Like we truth. didn't, we didn't understand all the dynamics and now we're, people are more educated than ever about food and what's good for you and not good for you. But then that changes all the time too. But right. we're having to change that stuff. And there's things. There's and it takes a long time. That's why I was trying to nail you down. Junk food, good or bad. Cause I knew you would say it's 
kind of good. Like, I mean, it's kind of like... <laughs> Deep down, it's kind of good. I'm a grandma, all um, right? And this is the truth for a grandma. Well, even we were just with our kids all weekend, and it's like the only, the thing that I'm going to bring to the table every time is tons of food way wherever much, we're going. Way too much. We're going to go pizza. out, and we're going to you yep. know have food. In fact, I bought so much food. It's like what we were clearing out of the Airbnb was just tons of food to leave at our son and his wife's house because... And I they're bought- living in LA, and both of them combined weigh 100 pounds. I'm like, God, these are, they're not even going to eat this food. I know, they're not even going to eat the food so I bought. Bad. Because I just, that's the way I show my love is like food. That right. was one of the principles I live by. But I'm realizing now that like, probably I should tweak that principle. Probably yeah. I should figure out other ways to show love besides just food. That'd be a fun challenge. That'd be a fun challenge. It'd be a really cool way for you to sort of go through some self-discovery stuff. But there's a piece of me that would be bum if you didn't make soup. Sure. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying like, I love what you said. You were like, there's a good side, but then there's always this really dark shadow. Yeah. Right? There's this piece of it that's like, that doesn't work anymore. Right. You have to change that. Yeah. The other thing that I think as it kind of corresponds with food, the other thing I feel like I imprinted on my kids, like, you know, to sum up the food imprint, I feel like I made too big of a deal about using food as a reward okay. or those kind of things. And I wish I could kind of take that back and, and honor nutrition okay so that they would have that imprint to like well it comes down to the body sure yes it comes down to the body i think i didn't honor i didn't pass along the honoring of the body in so many ways right i had so okay i grew up up afraid of the body can i just say like i was afraid of the body you went you went to like a normal i was raised by my mom was so hippie about her body like and the body itself when i was a little there was a coffee table book and my sister will attest to this it was i think it was called you and your body or the human body or something like that and you open it up and the best part was that there was naked people in it like you saw full-on beef and boobs (laughs) and junk and it was like and it wasn't sexual in any way it was like this like you could see from embryo to through adolescence and everything pubic hair and all that you know and it was like and it was just like a woman standing there yeah yeah. right and you're like oh whoa you know and so my mom was like that i mean i remember probably got that from the health class because your mom was a principal so in the yeah yeah. in the school system and stuff and 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 i remember i i think i was i have yeah i was well into high school and i was still like my mom would be in the bathtub and i'd be walking in just having conversation yeah it was like, i it thought was just that was so weird when full i first on met hippie about the body there was we just had this very neutral like i remember seeing my sister's boobs all the time and stuff like that and even her girlfriends would come over and they would have you know bras on or boobs out and it wasn't it just was a different world to me maybe it was because it was like the 80s well and you were raised around only girls i was raised I had around a only girls and, and i was a safe i was a very safe young because I was always younger than all the girls because I was sure. an older sister. And so it was always this little, you know, the little guy walking around getting to see tons of tits. <laughs> <laughs> not even, not really old enough to fully appreciate it. No. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the problem. It's like, I couldn't even appreciate it. I was too young. No, but I think I was raised the total opposite in the sense that like I went to a school where health education, like sex education was completely up to parents to teach. That was not taught in schools. In fact, you were really, what was taught is be afraid of your desires, be afraid of your body, be afraid of what it can do. Yeah. And my thing was like, you're going to show up with these desires. They're just going to kind of come on to your inner universe Mm -hmm. and you get choices then. Like, and it was fully like you get choices then like, you know, are you, are you gay? Are you straight? Should you masturbate? Should you, you know, look at porn? Like it was you have these choices which is totally different than your world no my world was like you just completely deny you deny kind of that you have a body you deny that you have a body i think in so many ways it's even even the nutrition i think in the way i grew up like 
you just deny that it's a big deal. You just don't make a big deal about your body. You don't make a big deal about anything about it. You don't accentuate it. You don't. It's just not a thing. It's like totally covered up. And so. Oh, that's such a great way of saying it. It's covered up. It's covered up. Not only like because I just had like that whole like denim skirt head covering. Okay, we were not that. But but, no, but seriously, but that's what you're doing emotionally. Right. Yeah. You're covering all that stuff and pretending. There's this fear. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I was like, there's a fear of what you will do, what you could do, the fear of what you'll do to other people. I mean, that whole stupid purity culture where it's like, don't wear that because all the boys around you are going to want to. Oh my goodness. I remember listening. Okay. (laughs) We should, we, because we have come from a Christian background, we get, we get to slam on it a little bit, (laughs) but I remember listening to a very prominent pastor and I'll save his name for somewhere else was listening in. He justified why women shouldn't preach. And he was like, it didn't matter if she was wearing a skirt or tight pants or whatever. Basically, everyone, all the males in the audience won't be able to hear her sermon because they're going to be so transfixed on her, like, vajayjay and her boobs. (laughs) And I'm like... Speak for yourself, dude. Are you kidding me? Really? Because if you come from a background like me, it's like, duh, she's got boobs. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen lots of boobs, dude. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's just this weird, like, really? It's it's a whole thing that purity culture. Well, it actually happened to me. I remember when we were first kind of newly married and I was preaching at a small church and I wore like a pant or a skirt suit and it was like down to my knees or whatever, you know, like a normal skirt suit. And I remember a guy came up to me afterwards and said, that was a really good sermon. Next time when you preach, do you think that you could wear some pants? Because I don't think it's appropriate that, you know, we should see your bare legs. Who is he? Where's he at? What's his name? So that's a me. Real, my boys got this. Guy. It's a real thing, like the that whole culture. But well, I guess what I'm getting at is what I imprinted on our kids. Hmm. From my standpoint, was I think we were more relaxed as a family. Like our kids walked around in their underwear, and like we were more. They could fart around each other and things that didn't really happen in my home. But so I, weird. <laughs> How can you not fart? God, you guys are so weird. But I think the thing that I didn't imprint is that to, to honor your body and to not be afraid of it. Like to really not be afraid of it. I think I didn't actually, I had never actually looked at my, as you said, <laughs> <Puja? You're... laughs> until we were married and you made, Oh my goodness, charity. <laughs> you made me hold up a mirror and you were like, you have to like, this is insanity charity. Like you don't even know. I probably held up the mirror and was like, do you have any idea how beautiful this is? I'm going to show you around. Come on in. Here we go. I've got a lot of work to do. Let's, my point is that I didn't like that was not. See, a that's thing. so sad. We, I think it's sad. I, I do think. It, and that's kind of goes back to what I'm getting. At, is that that imprint we pass on to our kids. And I think I didn't do a good enough job of teaching our kids to really honor their bodies <sighs> and to appreciate them and not to be afraid of them. OK, so hold on, because let's just go super raw. I'm going to go super raw. So. Oh, geez. Why don't I? OK. I would just say to like, here's what I would say to my boys, my boys, because mm-hmm. I think with Olivia, it's just. Too awkward. You, yeah, I got that. You know, I'm not going to go. But with my boys, I think the thing I would change is I would still say, dude, don't look up. Ruin your brain. Ruin your soul. Like, it <laughs> makes you dangerous. Like, all the serial killers started on porn, okay? so Well, I don't know that it makes you a serial killer no, it in doesn't. all people, but there are lots of scientific studies on how it rewires your brain and you have a really hard time sexually. Yeah. And, and as soon as you have a daughter, as soon as you have a son, you start to go like, 
oh, these are these are my children on here. Like, no, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. what, what if my kid, you right. know? And so all, for all of those empath, empathetic reasons, I would say, dude, there's and there's so much more tied up in porn that I mean, uh, yes. spiritually and socially and physically, mm-hmm. you know, the money and, mm-hmm. the you know, the back end of that thing yep. is just like killing people like on and on to trafficking. Yep. Yuck. Stay away from it. Like, yeah. Public service announcement. If you're on it, just get off. Right. Yep. Anyway. And I did say this to my kids. I would much rather ha- you have sex with a girl than wa- look at porn or watch porn. I remember saying that even as a conservative sort of Christian, you know, abstinence guy. Yeah. Abstinence guy. Yeah. Like wait till you're married like we did kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know, but if you're gonna don't, you know, I would rather have you. So, but I would, there's this weird thing of, cause I always told, you know, there was always this implication that masturbation was bad. Yeah, for sure. No, we told them it was bad. It was bad. Like, and now I look back on them and, and I think between you and I, I would have conversations like, are you kidding me? Like, there's no way that my boys aren't going to masturbate. Do you have any idea? the binding? I, totally, I totally thought that it was possible, though, because I was raised in this really naive world where it was like, well, such of course. bullshit. They're like, are you kidding me? They're all <laughs> masturbating. But they're saying they're not. I mean, that's the, that's the thing is like they're saying it's they're such not horse. They're feathers. saying be afraid of it and all those other kind of things. And that's what I'm saying. I think with my boys now, I would I, that would not be the impact implication yeah now i wouldn't say to them like dude try to you know masturbate as many times as you can during a day <laughs> but i would say like look man it's showing up on your radar it's gonna be blinding like there's <laughs> no way you cannot like you know it just this it's just it's just part of the human experience and it's beautiful yeah and you have to get to know your body well i think that's where i would that's what i would say is like just don't be afraid of it. Like I, I don't be afraid okay. of your body. Like quit. And quit. before I had that talk with my boys, I would have consulted you and you would have told me that and I would have thought, okay, nailed it. I'm, <laughs> that's the line I'm using. Just don't be afraid of it because it's true. That's such a great piece of advice. I think what I did wrong, the imprint that I did wrong, that I'm looking and man, 10 years from now, I could totally change my mind. But right now, as it is now, as it is now, I'm wishing I could take out that part where I, where I passed along to them if they caught it, if they didn't catch it, I hope they didn't catch it. But if they caught it, that whole like be afraid of your body, be afraid of like who you are sexually, be afraid of like what your body's capable of doing to you and to other people. Like I would take that out and I would replace it with this kind of like more free thing of like, man, your body's a beautiful thing. You should just honor it. You mm. should honor it in your nutrition. You should honor it in your sexuality. You should yeah. honor it. Like you should really honor it and you should honor other people in it and quit making it a thing that's like evil or not evil. Cause actually you, you were created in this beautiful image and that. you should love that and nurture that and not be afraid. And that's the imprint I wish I would have given there. I know. I love what you're saying. And I think for me too, I, if I could go back, which we can't, I mean, you can, if you know how to crisper really good, but I don't know, I can't crisper this yet, but I would go back and I would take out words like fat or lazy yeah. and stuff like that. Like, and even not that you walked around calling any of our kids never, fat, but, but I would direct myself. I'd be like, I'm gonna get my fat ass off this couch. Right. And it's this like kind of like elbow nudge to your kids. Like, yeah, you should take on that attitude too. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're turning into a fat jerk. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, I would, I, I know that I know that I would go back and not do that again. Cause yeah. that's just all that shame stuff. Right. Totally. Yeah. And that, and that fear, like the fear of it's it. the yes. fear and the shame and like, 
And the, the shame for the body too. If I could take out those two things and just say, man, get, let's get rid of the fear and the shame of the way we're created and the body yeah. and the way we view food. And man, can we get rid of the fear and the shame that we cast on other people at the same time? Can we get rid of like the judgment that uh. says like how you're raising your kids or what you're doing with those? Because the reality is we're all very accommodating for people who think like us. Right. If you consume the same things I do, then it makes total oh, sense yeah. why you're doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. But if you don't, then I have a judgment about it. And it's like, can we just stop? doing that yeah, time out and then realize that we're passing those things on to our kids right and not only that but there's everyone gets their opportunity to live their truth and then they get educated and it, they realize oh that's not actually true or they realize oh that was a lie or and have now, a life I, experience it, it, yeah and now i get a crisp or something in here yep. and we're going to change this yep. right so bottom line do you like your body i do like my body yeah really i really like i'm appreciative of my body now that I'm old. Why are you dieting? Because I want to actually, for the first time, I want to be healthy, like actually healthy. That's awesome. I think to myself, I weigh 177 pounds. Sometimes I can get down to 170, like four. I love it when I'm 165 to 170. Okay. And I'm like- But these are just your own made up These things. are my little things. But This is dude, not an actual- But think about this, Chair. Condition of health. It, but think about it. Like I can get so down on myself- for that six pounds or whatever, where I'm like, I just, I, you know what I mean? I get like, oh, and I'm, I'm like, time out. Actually, hold on. I'm nearly 50 and I'm looking pretty darn good. You're looking awesome. And, Sexy. you know, I'm not necessarily in like the best shape of my life, but I think if I changed that, if I crispered in a little bit of that, like, look, I'm just actually like my body. Yeah. And I, I and I want to honor it and I want to move and I want to make it better and all of those things. Yeah. And I think there's that piece of, you know, back to the sex talk because everyone wants to talk about sex all the time. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's... <laughs> or maybe just you do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's something about that. Like the biggest revelation I think I've had at 50 or mm -hmm. close, 49... You keep reminding me I'm not 50. You're not 50 yet. Is this idea of like my sexual self is going to go away. Like it's it's not going to last forever. Right. Like your libido sort of just slows down and mm -hmm. then you can artificially prop it up if you want to. <laughs> but at some point you're just like the there's not light at the end of the tunnel. It's like road closure. Thank the Lord it slowed down a little bit. I mean, you were a little I hard know. to keep up with as all as a lot. You're a of champion. Are. I just want to give you a public <laughs> shout out. You are a champion. <laughs> But I will say this, that I do, it makes me want to continue to celebrate my body in a very healthy sexual way with you. Yeah, yeah. But, and that's such a good thing because I see people messing with, whether it's, and, and this is controversial, but whether it's like a, a person who's trying to maybe castrate themselves or something, or it's a person who's just continually denying their sexual selves. I'm like, once, you, you know, nature starts to mess with your libido, you're going to start to get really appreciative mm -hmm. of having sexual desire and sexual urge. Because sure. once it's starting, like once it slows down and it's taken away, it's like, man, you, you're going to look back and go, golly, right. that was something really precious and beautiful about my body that I really didn't honor. Yeah. yeah. You know, that I just didn't show up for. Yeah. And I kept pretending like it wasn't there. And it's not going to be a relief when it's gone. Mm -hmm. You're going to be sad. And so that's why I feel like is from an older guy's perspective. Sure. I think that's a really important thing. Yeah. And everybody has things that they're kind of coming into their own truths about. I mean, Absolutely. I think that's my truth right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think for somebody that always knew they were gay to be able to come out like, the, exactly. like there's this exactly. principle that their whole life has had and, and they need to be able to have that chance to, to crisper things and to change the principles that they live by. That's such a big deal. So all that to say, I 
if I could change something about what I passed along, okay, what have I imprinted, is just that I would have provided more freedom and more an acknowledgement that we just need to honor instead of like confining our view on food and our bodies and all those things. I would have given that more freedom. Yeah. I think for me, I really, I appreciate so many things that we crispered into our, well, we didn't crisper anything, but DNA handed down to our kids. You know, I love that they're creative. I love that they're compassionate. I, and I think some of that stuff is DNA wise, yeah. but it's also you know a lot of nurture wise and stuff. And I sure. think that's really good. But I do feel like there is a piece of me that if I could go back, right, I would the same, the same thing. And it, and, and it comes down to this kind of this one statement. I don't think I would overreact as bad. Oh my goodness. No. I think that's the piece. I would be much more level-headed and not everything wouldn't be the end of the world. Yes. And I think that's probably... The, uh, Actually, I think if I could rephrase that, I think if I were to go back and be the perfect mom, nothing would be the end of the world. Nothing would be the end of the world. And then what I would do is I would have the self-awareness to start applying that to myself. Yes. <laughs> totally. This is not the end of the world. These six pounds are not the end of the world. Yes. You know, this fight you're having with your wife right now is not the end of the mm-hmm. world. You know, you moving to another home, even though it's a difficult, it's not the end of the world. Like that's, I think, yeah. you yeah. know. And love and honor what you do have. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Cherish those things. Yeah. Let's go look up CRISPR and see if we can change some stuff. (laughs) I love you so much. Wait, babe, babe, wait. (laughs) How do we end this? By saying thank you. Okay. You guys are awesome. Thank you. There's nothing more encouraging than you hitting that like button and commenting. And don't forget to subscribe. And I know there's more. You have a list. Might as well go down the list. Right. Okay. Watch the video of this podcast on our Beautiful Step YouTube channel or on our website where you can actually download transcripts and show notes of the episode. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If today's episode made your together even better, tell someone. Okay. Now. Right now. Today. Okay. You can take one step. It's just one step toward the beautiful relationship you want in your life. You got this.